turn basically to the sort of the end of chapter 29. We're continuing, of course, our study of the patriarchs, and we're looking at really four great people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. They're the head of the Jewish nation. We started our study, and if you remember, we looked at the life of Abraham, and what we saw Abraham, and he's the man of faith, and then he was the, the gods made the covenant with him, and all these aspects of the land, seed, and blessing were Abraham, then passed on to Isaac, then passed on to Jacob. So we saw this. Then we looked at Isaac, and we call him the quiet man, because in reality, there's only two chapters that really just deal with him. And, but what I think the greatest thing about him was willing to lay down his life. He got up on that altar, and you know he could have run away. And now we've moved to the man Jacob, and the man who had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. So if you want to start filling in your blanks, it says Jacob had 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And as we saw, Jacob left home last time to find a wife. It was... It was a dual thing, to find a wife but to not uh, be killed by his brother. He met and fell in love with, with Rachel, who was Laban's youngest daughter, but at the wedding got tricked. And before you know it, he's married to Leah. And so then he works more. And so he ends up, Jacob has two wives and two handmaids. And so tonight we're going to continue to see this. We're going to see the family, the conflict, the problems. Uh, we'll write some stuff up on the board. We have a whole bunch of good things here, and, and we'll see how they fit together. Well, the Bible says in Psalm 127, anybody know what it says? Children are a what? Children are gifts from the Lord. They're rewards. And when you think about it, uh, we're going to see the children are a reward. We see the grace of God in our lives. If, all, if any of you have children, if you've had children, you say, gosh, they're amazing. They really are. I mean, we, we you know, it's the one, you know, people say about grandchildren, you know, you love them so much, but you can give them back, and you don't have, and they're not as much. But the truth is, children are, are just out of this world, and they're special and unique, and every person is, is made in the image of God. And tonight, we're going to see a bunch of kids born. We're going to see a bunch of kids because uh, Jacob's going to have 12 sons. We won't see them all born tonight. We'll see 11 of them born tonight, and we'll see a daughter born. These 12 sons ultimately become the 12 tribes of Israel that we always talk about. And, and of course, Jacob gets his name changed. We'll see that later to Israel, and so that's why they're the 12 tribes of Israel. And so we see conflict. Uh, we, Jacob has two wives. Leah is able to have children, and Rachel is barren. So there's conflict already. You have a family that, you, I mean, are you supposed to have two wives? No, and so automatically there's going to be conflict, automatically. And one is loved and one's not loved. But the one that's not loved is able to have babies, and the one that's loved is not. And so they, they're fussing over this, and so we're going to see all kind of issues. And, uh, and here's a question I've got for you is why does Leah want children. I mean, not saying that she didn't want children, but there's a particular reason. We're going to see it as we go through this. Why does she want these kids, and why does she want them as fast as she can have them? And we'll see why. And then, where do all these kids come from? I mean, you know, when you think about Jacob and he has 12 sons, most people don't realize they came from what? Four different women. The nation of Israel was based off the, four, the 12 sons of Jacob were from four different women. So it's really, it's just really unusual. And so as we look at this, we say Rachel, that Rachel had a Rachel and her handmaid Bilhah, Leah and her handmaid Zilpah, and we, they're just one big happy family. Is that right? Happy, uh, yeah. Because look, Genesis twenty nine thirty. So Jacob went into Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban for another seven years. So is it one big happy family? No, it's not a happy family at all. In fact, you've got the husband and two wives and their two handmaids. And they don't, nobody's getting along. And we, we should have realized this, that this is, this is going to be sad, sad, sad. In, in 29, uh, 31, Leah was unloved and God opened her womb. If you look at that in 29:31, now the Lord said Leah was unloved and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And so as we start this lesson tonight, we're, we're seeing great conflict. And let me tell you, when it's over, there are going to be people yelling at each other. We'll see it toward the end. We're going to see people hollering at each other. We're going to see people threatening each other. We're going to see all kind of things. And we'll see it as we go through it. we got four things tonight. We're going to see Jacob's offspring. And we're going to see the kids. And by the way, uh, when you're through and you get ready for the test, you'll know. You'll be able to name, or you will if you want to pass the test. You'll be able to name the names of the kids. 
And who had them, right? We'll talk about that. Then we're going to see deceitfulness. That's all you see over and over again. Then Jacob leaves for home. He's going to finally leave and go back. 20 years. 20 years. I bet you when he was left, his mother didn't think she, it would be 20 years. And then finally, the witness. And we're going to talk about what that is. So let's start with Jacob's offspring. And so let, let's see what's going on. And so what you have is you have two wives. You have Leah, who is unloved and has a handmaid named Zilpah. You have Rachel, who is loved, but she's barren, and she has a handmaid named Bilhah. So you, you, you have that. And, we, and so what's going on? And, and the question that we raise all the time is, why does Leah want children? Do you know? What do you think? Why? Huh? That's exact. She thinks if she has kids, that Jacob will love her. He doesn't love her now, right? Who does he love? Rachel. Rachel. And so she thinks if I can get him sons, kids, he will love me. And that's what we're going to see happen. And so as her hope is that somehow she'll get Jacob to love her. Uh, I, I've known families. I've known families. What? What? What's, what's up? Where are we? Do I need to go back? What, 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 are we, what, are we, what are we missing right there? Leah was unloved and handmaid Zilpah. Rachel's love, but Baron had the handmaid. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we got that. That's good. Um, so, the question is, why does she want children? She wants them because somehow she thinks Jacob will love her if she gets these kids. And, and so, we're going to see what happens. Let me bring it back. So, let's start. And... Uh, Look at verse, again, huh? What? Again? again? Okay. Where to? Right there? That's not very hard to write down, folks. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. If you write slow, okay. All right. Well, nothing about this group of people tonight is going to be slow. Let me tell you that. They're crazy. Okay, we got them? Everybody got it? Okay, so why does she want children? She wants Jacob to love her. And let's see what happens. Look at verse 31. Now the Lord saw that Leah, this is in 29, 31. The Lord saw that Leah was unloved and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son and named him what? What's his name? Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. The word Reuben, if you want to write out beside it, means a son. Behold a son. The idea there is she's got a son. And what does she say? How does she say it? Uh, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will what? What does she say? Love will love me. He's going to love me because I've, I've got him a son. So, so who is this? This is Leah. And who does she have? Reuben. Reuben. There he is. Okay. Um, Reuben Sandwich. I mean, that's, that's him, right? Just remember it that way. He's the oldest one. He should have advantages, right? Oldest one. Something's going to happen later on. He's going to lose... The, the position of firstborn and the, the blessings and everything else. He is. We'll talk about it as we get do it. It's so further on down, but he's going to mess up, and we'll see what it is. She says, now he will what? He's going to love me. I guarantee he's going to love me, so i got a son. But guess what? Let's get another son. Look what she goes and says. Then she conceived again and bore a son, and because the Lord has heard that I'm unloved, he has therefore given me a son, so she named him Simeon. The second son, Simeon, and the word Simeon means to hear. It means hear or heard, something like that. And so the idea that now he has heard me. And so she said, wow, this is good. So Simeon. So she got two. Now, what do you think Rachel's doing while this is happening? She's doing this. This is not right. This is not right. Well, we're not through yet. Look, at the, look what's next. There's, there's 34. She conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I've given him three sons. Therefore, she named him Levi. What do you think Levi means? It means joined. It means attached. That's what she said. Now he's going to be attached to me, and, 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 and he will stay with me. Let me ask you a question. What do you think happens at night? They have two different places. They don't live in the same tent. They, I mean, you got to remember, these people are wealthy. So there's a place for Rachel, and there's a place for Leah. Obviously, he's spending some time with Leah. What do you think, right? <laughs> So far, she's three out of three, right? Well, look at the next one. Look, verse 35. Then she conceived again. Well, that's four. And said, and bore a son. He said, this time 
I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah, and then she stopped bearing. What do you think Judah means? It means praise. That's exactly right. And she has given Jacob four sons. Oh, I forgot to write um, Levi and Judah. All right, there they are. Oh, it's supposed to be Simeon. It, but we just got it typed wrong. What does it say in the Bible, which is the thing that only counts? Yeah, Simeon. Yeah, I don't know why it's got Simon, except that uh, when we typed it up, we just missed it, which that happens all the time. I miss a lot of things. I can always say uh, it was my dyslexia, right? I can always say that. It was, it was. Are there words on this page? That's my question. No, they are. Okay. So, what happened? So, man, here she has four kids. And what does she say? She says, I bore a son. I, uh, he's he's going he's got it. He's connected. He's going to join with me. I'm going to praise God. I, I've asked for This is it. He's he's got to love me because of these four kids. And so what happens? Look at chapter 30. Now, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she became jealous of her sister, and she said to Jacob, Give me children or I'll die. Give me children. Now, what if you're Jacob? What do you say? What do you want me to do? Right? What do you, I'm trying, right? I mean, what do you want me to do? Look what he says. Jacob's anger burned against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of your womb? What does he say? He's saying, God's the one stopping you from having babies, not me. I'm doing everything I can, right? And let me ask you something. If there, I mean, it's just a struggle. And we, I've known many, many people who want to have babies and they can't have them or they don't have them. And it is really a struggle. It hurts more than most people realize. Some people, some men think, eh, what's the problem? Just don't worry about it. But that's not that easy. If you're a woman and you want to have a child, it is a hard thing if you're not having them. And, and you can just picture, here is Leah, and she's got four kids. Four boys, and she could say, look, four sons, four sons. See, sons, I mean, I'm not going to say it in a bad way, but sons, were, they were more valuable than daughters. They were, you know. I mean, sometimes people counted their daughters uh, as property. I mean, what did, what did they do when they came to get Rebecca? Well, she can go with you. I mean, she didn't, you know. It's, that's just the way it is. And so now you got these four boys, and so Rachel is saying, hey, i got to have a child. And he said, wait, what, who do you think I am? I'm not God, you know. And then she said, well, I, I, I think I can come up with a plan. She tells to Jacob, Jacob uh, oh, by the way, I wanted to say that, look, what, these kids are famous. Reuben is the firstborn. Levi got the priesthood. Judah, the kingship, through comes in. So these first four kids, they're, they're amazing when you think about it. You can write whatever you want to, but the idea is that Reuben's the firstborn, Simeon, Levi. We always say the Levites and the priestly tribe came through Levi. And when we say Judah, who came through in the tribe of Judah? Jesus did. King David did and Jesus did. So that's, that's, that's fantastic. So they come up with, and, and look at this. So Reuben, a son, so Jacob will love her. Reuben means the son. Simeon heard. God has heard. Simeon means heard. Levi, Jacob will become attached. Levi means attached or joined. And Judah, God will be praised. Four sons. And so Judah means praise. And so that, that, that's what she's thinking. This is, this is fantastic. But now there's the jealousy. And he, she says, you got to do it. So we're going to, uh, Rachel said, give me children. So you're going to come up with a plan. Now the plan is, once again, it's a stupid plan. But it's a cultural plan. What did Abraham and Sarah do when Sarah, when they got older and they weren't having any babies? They said, take my handmaid. And that, what was her name? Hagar. And what did they do? who'd they have? Ishmael, okay? Now, they're going to do the exact same thing. Look what it says. She said, here's my maid, Bilhah. Go into her that she may bear on my knees. I'll explain that in a second. That through her, I too may have children. When she said she'd bear on my knees, she said, here's the custom. I can give you my handmaid, have children through this handmaid. Sometimes they were called concubines. Sometimes I can have a child. And then it counts as my child. And so we can say, I have children too, and so that's going to be the plan. And when it says, um, says that she may bear on my knee, she's basically saying, she'll have the baby, but I'll be the one carrying the baby. I'll be the one putting the baby on my knee. I'll be the one. It'll be my baby, even though she's the one that has the baby. 
So who are they? Who, what are they fixing to do? What's this lady's name? Bilhah. Bilhah. I, I can't. Hey, hey, I just gonna write it up there like that. I don't know. And so here's Bilhah, right? How, how is it spelled? B I L H A H. That's why I left off an H. Okay, there she is, and she's a handmaid. So what's gonna happen? What do you think? What is Jacob gonna say? Sounds good to me, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know what he thinks. I know this, that he loves Rachel. But he hadn't turned down Leah, right? But he's not supposed to. She's his wife. So it's a, it's a disaster. So let's get Bilhah involved. So she gave her maid, verse 4, Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me and has indeed heard my voice and given me a son, and therefore they named him what? Dan. Dan means judge. She's saying, God's judged me. And so we got Dan. It's funny that every one of these kids born are what? They're all boys. I was going to ask if that really means that we're only boys or only documented boys. Well, when a girl comes, they document. There's a girl coming, yeah. So they're all boys. They're all boys. God is building the nation of Israel through this disaster. Let's face it. And he can take any situation, whether it's right or wrong, and still use it for his glory. And that's why it says God causes all things to work together for good. That's why God can take anything. Why even at the end when Joseph says to his brothers, you meant it for what? Evil, but God meant it for good. God can take anything, even this disaster. You know, I don't think a lot of people really study this in depth and actually see what happened here. I mean, it's pretty much a disaster. And everybody thinks, oh, everybody was happy, and there's Leah and Rachel, and everybody was happy. Nobody's happy in this situation. There's nobody happy here. And, and so she, they had the kid, and, and then, listen, Rachel's made Bilhah conceived again. And a second son, so Rachel with, said, with mighty wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister, and have indeed prevailed, and they named him Naphtali. So they got the son. It means my wrestling, and basically she's saying I've wrestled with my sister and I'm winning now. I'm winning. I've got kids. I've got kids, and I'm loved. And so it's Naphtali. I just put Nap in there, okay? So we got Dan and Naphtali and Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Judah, and so we got six boys. And so wow, you're going. This is this is amazing. Now what had happened? What had happened to Leah? You, you remember what did it say? She stopped what? Bearing. So she, she wasn't having any kids anymore. So she said, I've, I've only got four. And Rachel says, I, I'm, these are really mine. I'm counting them as mine. And so Leah goes, well, this is, I've I got to stay ahead in the game here. I mean, they're going to catch up on uh, probably. So i got to stay ahead of the game. So what's she going to do? What will she do? Okay. Do what? Yeah, so what we got? Leah has Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, and Bilhah has Dan and Naphtali. And so now we, we got to move on. Look at verse 9. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. So now we got Zilpah in the thing. All right. So this is another handmaid. What did you think Jacob said? Okay, well, me. <laughs> what? What do you want me to do? I mean, you know, so here he goes. So when Leah saw she had stopped being, she took her maid Zilpah and gave it to Jacob as a wife. See, notice, as a wife. So technically, he's got two wives and two handmaids, but, but sometimes those handmaids thought them, that they were what? They were wives. And that, do you think that made a healthy situation? You tell me that a woman had been the servant of another woman, and suddenly she's sort of co-equal as a wife? How do you think that's going to go over? Nothing. This is, this, is, this is a complete disaster. And yet God's going to take it and use it to build the nation of Israel. So look what happens. So when Leah saw she stopped bearing, she took her handmaid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob. And Zilpah's maid, uh, Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Leah said, how fortunate. So she named him what? Gad. Because Gad means fortune. It means good fortune. So let's put Gad. Good gracious, how many boys are we going to have before this thing is over? And so, so Gad means good fortune. And guess what? Verse 12 in, in chapter 30. Leah's made Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, happy am I. For women will call me happy. So they named him what? 
Asher. Good gracious. I don't even know what Jacob's thinking. All I know Jacob is thinking is the one that he loves and the one that wants children the most doesn't have any. And then the other ones that he cares about has got all the kids. And so it's 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 amazing thing. Look what we got. We got eight sons, right? Four by Leah, two by Bilhah, and two by Zilpah. And so God gives the children. We take a strange, conflicting situation and is building the nation of Israel. Now we said a while ago, what is it like in this situation every day? I mean, here, here's Jacob, right? And where where does Rachel live? Where does Rachel live? She she's got a tent or something, right? And who 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 stays there probably most of the time? Jacob. Okay, and where's Bilhah? Or Zilpah, where, where's Bilhah? She, she's Rachel's. She's probably got another area somewhere, another tent somewhere. And then you've got Leah in another tent, and you've got Zilpah connected with her. I'm just curious, with Zilpah and Bilhah, when they become wives, are they still the servants, though, too? Yeah, best I can understand, yeah. And it's sort of like how a concubine was a part wife, part servant. Okay. Yeah, so that's, I think, what we got here. And, and you're going to see that ultimately when he talks about wives, it still only comes back to, to Rachel and Leah. They don't mention the others as wives later on. And when they do the burying of the people, when they die, the, the two handmaids are not connected with them in that. So it's a little bit unique. Uh, and, and when I think that idea says, I gave as a wife, meaning I gave you to have relations with so that I can get kids out of this thing. And so we've got, uh, so far we got a, an amazing thing. And all right, now, have we got the picture? So here's Jacob, and here's Rachel's tent. Here's Leah's tent. Probably connected close by is Zilpah's and collected, connected close by. And where does he go every day? He goes out, he works, whatever he does. What, what, who does he come in at night to be? Where do you think he goes most every night? I think so, yeah. Let's watch what happens. Because we're going to see something at the wheat harvest. Watch. And in the days of the wheat harvest, Reuben went out and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah, hey, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. What are we, t- what are we talking about? And, and so we're going to see that Reuben is the oldest. And by this time, how old can Reuben be? I mean... He could be he could be four, he could be seven, eight, nine, ten by now, right? He goes out in the field and look what it says. Reuben went out and found Mandrake in the field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, let's talk about Mandrake. What are Mandrakes? Good question. Let's put that up there. What are Mandrakes? They're these small orange colored berries, size of really small little apples. They were thought that if you ate them, you would be able to have babies. They would make you fertile. They would make you have babies. In fact, uh, what I read through it is it, it tried to induce fertility. So women ate them hoping to become pregnant. So Reuben, for some reason, goes out and finds some. And who does he take them to? Leah. Okay. Why? She hadn't had, she stopped, see? And so, so for some reason, Reuben understands enough to say, my mama wants to have some more babies, so I'm going to get the mandrakes. But look what happens when she gets the mandrakes. Look what happens. Now, in the days of the wheat harvest, Reuben went out and found some mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. What is Rachel saying? Hey, give me some of that too, because if you're going to take it, I'm going to take it. I mean, you stopped. I never have started, Right? So let's, let's work this out. So what happens? Watch this next thing, okay? But she said, it's a small matter for you to take my husband. And would you like to take my son's mandrakes also? She's saying, who do you think you are? You, you, you already got the man. And now you want to my mandrakes, because I'm, I'm going to try to use these mandrakes and get pregnant again. And now you want them. So she's going to make a deal. She makes a deal. Therefore, so Rachel said, uh, how about this? (laughs) 
Therefore, he may lie with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes. Who decides where he lies? Well, we think, Jay, but Rachel said, okay, I'll tell you what, you give me the mandrakes, he gets to come to your tent tonight. Is this crazy? This is a show. This is a movie. This is a Peyton Place or whatever that used to be when I, yeah, this is 102.10978, whatever those shows were, whatever they are, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, so she comes out and says, oh, you got mandrakes. Let me have some of the mandrakes. She says, you already got my husband. You're not getting my mandrakes. I'll tell you what I'll do. You give me some mandrakes. He gets to come spend the night with you tonight. What do you think Leah said? Sounds okay to me. Sounds okay to me. Why? So when Jacob, watch this. So when Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, you must come into me for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. This is wonderful. Isn't this the greatest show of all time? And so that's what's going to happen. He, he's got to come. She hired him to have sex, basically, even though they're married. But he doesn't normally go to her. Why? Because who does he go to? Rachel, because he loves Rachel. So look what happened. God gave heed to Leah, and guess what? Well, and so, so he lay with her that night. God gave heed to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Oh, no, another son. And this, this is named Ishakar, because what does Ishakar mean? It means wages. It means for hire. Ishakar, there he is. So now she's got five. That's her fifth son. Now, I want you to keep reading and tell me what you discover as we keep reading. So God, this is verse 17, so God gave heed to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has given me my wages, because I gave my maid to my husband. Uh, so she named him Ishakar. Wages. Leah conceived again and bore a sixth son to Jacob. What? What? what, 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 what how did that happen? What? It wasn't, obviously it wasn't just a one-night stand, was it? I mean, so she's got a sixth son, and guess what this son's name is? Zebulun. Zebulun, some people pronounce it as Zebulun. It means to dwell. Do you know anybody named Zebulun? I do. When I coached at Mississippi State, uh, we had a guy and his name was Zeb, and we think, we never got his full name, but we think his name was Zebulun. Uh, but, or either Zebedee, I couldn't remember what his name was, but Grandpa Walton, yeah. Zeb. So what do we got? Leah, look at the stretch in the line out. Look at this. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Ishakar, Zebulun, Gad, Asher, Dan, Naphtali. How many is that? That's 10. How many are there total? 12. What, what, Rachel's down there with what? Rachel's not in the game, right? Rachel's going, this is not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. And so now, and, and Leah's not even through. Look at verse 21, and afterward she bore a daughter and named her Dinah. So she's got a daughter. Ten sons, six by Leah, four by the handmaids, and we could, we could feel sorry for Rachel. Because how many times do you think Rachel went to bed or woke up saying to God, please give me a child, please give me a child. Everybody else... Everybody else has got kids. Everybody else is able to do this. He loves me. I want to give him a child. I want to give him a child. So look at verse 22. Then God remembered Rachel and gave heed to her and opened her womb. God remembered Rachel. and She bore a son. Wow. And look what it says. She conceived and bore a son and says, God has taken away my reproach and she named him what? Joseph, and said, may the Lord give me another son. By the name Joseph means may the Lord add. You know what she said? I got a son, let me have another one. I mean, she didn't just say give me one. She said, let's call him Lord will add. That's what Joseph means, the Lord will add. And so we've got 11 sons, six by Leah, four by the maids, and one by Rachel. Out of this mess, God will bring the nation of Israel, and he's going to work his plan. Now, the next part, I'm going to go a little bit faster through it. I just want you to see this part. But the next part is the deceitfulness and the flocks and everything that goes on. And by the way, the whole section, if you go back to chapter 27, Jacob deceives Isaac. If you go back to 29, Laban deceives Jacob. When you go to chapters 30 and 31, the deceivers keep on deceiving each other. And we already know Laban is, is a, he's, he's, 
He's kind of a bad guy. Laban will trick you all over the place. But Jacob is known for doing what? Doing the same thing. And now they're together. And what, what happened to Jacob on his wedding night? Laban tricked him. Well, you think Jacob's going to forget that? We know, we know what Jacob is like at this point. So I think we're at the top of the next page as we're going to see what happens. Well, well God, remembered, uh, God remembered Rachel and he gave uh, Joseph. So let's look at the deceitfulness. Uh, do what? What? Dinah? Dinah? What about it? Did you say what I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't look it up. I didn't even think about it. I think it means Dinah Shore. I think that's what it means. Uh, see the USA in my Chevrolet. That kind of thing. Uh, you know, young people don't have any clue what we're talking about, but older people might. Do any older people know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. Younger people go, what's he talking about, Chevrolet and Dinosaur? Who is that? We we don't know. Anyway, I'll look it up and tell you next week. I didn't even think about looking up her name. Okay, so there's where we are, and now we're going to get ready. So look what happens. Verse 25. Now it came about that when Rachel had born Joseph, and Jacob said to Laban, let me go away. Send me home, that I want to go back to my own country. Give me my wives, give me my kids. I've served you. I want to leave. You know how much I've served you. But Laban said, no, no, no. If it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. He said, listen, I don't want you to go. And so, listen, why did, why did, Ray, why did he ever come? Why did Jacob ever come to Haran? Safety from the brother and to find a wife, right? That's the reasons he came. Well, as he got a wife, <laughs> he's got too many. And is, does he feel like, how long has it been already? 14, 14 years. So, do you, what do you, he, he, seven and seven, yeah, it's 14. So he, with all these kids, the gestational period of these kids. Huh? Well, we're going to see he's worked 14 years, and then he's going to work six years. He's going to be there 20 years. So all of this, yeah, kids and everything all are involved in this thing. And so he says, um, I've worked and I've served you and all of this stuff. And how long did he work for the wives? And we're going to see it later on. And then Jacob, uh, Esau says, I mean, sorry, uh, Laban says, I don't want you to leave. Why? Because he loves him? No, because he's blessed by him. He says... And apparently, everything you do works out good. And it was. Why? Why did everything Jacob do turned out good? God's blessing him. God's always blessed him. That's just the way it is. Look what he says. Laban said to him, please stay with me. I have divined. I figured out that the Lord has blessed me on your account. And so he said, name your wages. If you just tell me how much, you, how much can I pay you for you to stay here? But he said, you yourself know I served you and your cattle and everything, and for you had little before I came, and now you have a lot. See, it's amazing. He says, when I came here, you didn't have very much. Now you got all kind of stuff. And Laban says, you're right. You're right. Everything you do turns to gold, so I want you to stay. So what shall I give you? Verse 31, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. Why would he say that? Is his Laban's advantage for Jacob to stay? Jacob wanted it known that his wealth and blessing was not from what? Not from late. Listen, you're going to find that these patriarchs never wanted somebody else to give them anything so that somebody could say, these people blessed you. They all wanted to say, all our blessing comes from God. So let me tell you what he's going to do. If, if, you, if you notice and look down, he said, uh, here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to, here's the plan, verse 32. Let me pass through you to the entire flock. Remove from their speckled and spotted sheep and every black one among the lambs and all that. And he says, I'm going to take the spotted sheep. Now, if you know, in that day and time, most sheep were what color? White. White. And then there were some black ones, but there were spotted ones, and they were the rarer ones. He says, I'll take the rarer ones. You take everything else. And so he's basically cutting himself a bad deal. But if, we're not going to take the time to read it. But he did all kind of tricky things and made the strong spotted animals mate together and they grew up and the other ones didn't do well. And so over a period of time, he's getting all the strong animals. And we, you get, what you can do is read that yourself. But it simply said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick out. I'll pick out the rare ones and they'll reproduce and I get only these. He even said, if after we do this, you go through and you see a plain one among mine, you can take it out because it'll be yours. So, and what happened after these six years? 
Jacob is rich, and Laban is going, why are my sheep doing great? God just blesses Jacob. And so uh, let me just say a couple of quick things just for you to put down on your deal there. We don't need... We don't need to deceive others to get what we want. This is toward the bottom. We don't need to deceive other people to get what we want. Now, this is what Jacob is doing. He's going to trick him, and he's going to do all kind of deals, and you can read it. It has to do with taking some branches and peeling things off and putting it in front of the troughs where they made and all this, and, and he supposedly thinks this will make them spotted, and it does. So God does that for him. The second thing I want you to realize, because we don't need to deceive others to get what we do we Do we need to trick people to get what we want? We got to do what? You just got to trust God. The second thing is, we don't need to get people back. One thing you've got to remember, we do not get revenge. It is so easy to want revenge. Somebody does something wrong to you. You want to get them back. Vengeance is mine, what? Says the Lord. And so as much as possible, do not get people back. Leave them to God. They're not going to get away with it because God's going to deal with it. He always does. Okay, so now they work for six more years. Okay? And... What's going to happen now? Jacob is going to head back home. Now, this is where the fussing and the shouting is going to start happening, okay? We don't, we, you know, so we're going to see what happens. He's lived there the past 20 years. God says, return to the promised land. That's what God says. Return to the promised land. God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. God's protection. So what is the promise? I'll be with you. Go back. Been there 20 years. Look at Genesis 31.1. Now Jacob heard that the, son, that the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's and belonged to us and he made, he's made all, all his wealth. So he heard Laban's kids saying, Jacob's tricking us and he's getting rich and our daddy's not getting rich. And he felt like one of these days they might try to kill him because he's getting rich and they know it. And so he decides, I better get out of here. Verse 3, Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives. And what? What does he say? Are y'all reading it? This is Genesis 31, 3. The Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will what? I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah, and he said to them, he said, listen, here's what I see. Your father's attitude is not as good as it used to be. In fact, I don't think he likes me anymore. You know I've served your father with all my strength. Your father has cheated me ten times. Ten times. He said, and, 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 and you know, the Lord has said, return to your land. I mean, that's what he said. Return to your land, and, and he'll protect me. But your father's attitude to me is really bad. And so I think we need to go back. Your father cheated me and changed my wages ten times. And then we go down to verse 13, and look what he says. This is God has spoken to him. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, where you made a vow to me. <clears throat> Come back, leave this land, return to the land of your birth. When did he put a pillow out there? A stone, do you remember? When he left, what happened? Where did he go? He went to Bethel. What happened? That was what he had the dream, and that was the angels going up and down. We call it Jacob's Ladder. God says, go back to that place. Go back to where you left. And so he's going to go. And he says, if God said to go, God said to go. And so look what happens. So uh, Rachel and Leah said to him, well, do we have any portion of our inheritance? No. Are we not reckoned as foreigners? No. They basically said, our daddy treats us like trash. Our daddy treats us like servants. Do you think we're going to get any of the inheritance of our father? The answer is what? No. They said, leave. Let's leave. Look at verse 16. Do whatever God has said to you. So he's ready to leave. Uh, it was clear to them um, they were going to get nothing from Laban. They were going to get nothing from Laban. Uh, and so he's going to leave, and he's going to leave in a hurry. Why is he going to leave in a hurry? Huh? I think he is afraid of Laban. Let me ask you something. Where is Laban? They're out doing something with sheep or crops or something. And so he says the best thing to do is let's load up and let's head back home. And by the time he gets back, we'll be gone. And he'll never be able to catch us. Now, let me ask you something. If you're Laban, how would you feel if your two daughters disappeared? You came back in from shearing sheep or doing something, and you look up and you go, where are they? The tents are gone. They're, they're gone. They left. When did they leave? Well, they left about a week ago, maybe 10 days ago. What? They just can't leave? They've been here how long? 
the kids have been here all my life. He's been here at least 20 years. What do you mean they just left? So look what happens. We've got here that Jacob's going to load up. Verse 17, Jacob arose, put his children and his wives upon the camels. They drove away with all the livestock and property which he gathered. He acquired livestock, and they're heading out, and they're going to the land of Canaan. When Laban had gone to shear his flock, watch verse 19. When Laban had gone to shear his flock, Rachel stole the household idols that were her father's. And Jacob deceived Laban by not telling him he was leaving. Wow. Now, she stole the household gods, by the way. Uh, if you will, she stole her uh, household idol, father's idols or household idols, household gods. You can put household gods. It's the word is teraphim. Teraphim are these, are these idols. Now, th let me tell you how big they are. They're probably about this big. They're not like a big thing, like they're a little, little, they probably look like dolls, okay? Now, what are they? What are these things? Well, they were idols that were worshipped, and they often uh, thought that, that, what are they? they? They were power or protection. A lot of people thought, I have these, I keep these. Have you ever had people have a good luck charm? Okay, or what about a St. Christopher medal? Anybody know what a St. Christopher medal is? Yeah, it's supposed to protect you. Well, these idols were supposed to protect him. And then it was also a sign of authority that he was the head of the home. So he had these idols. Now, does that sound godly to you? No, it doesn't. No, we know what kind of person Laban is. So, but there's a contrast. And look at the contrast. Laban had gods and idols where Jacob, the true God, and the true God's protection. You can write any how you want to on that contrast down there. You can just put Laban and put God's and idols or protection, or you can spread them out in one place and put Laban. But when we originally typed this up, I had it differently. We had to change the slide today. So the slide doesn't match uh, the, the thing where it says the contrast. I've got a question for you. Why would Rachel want these idols? Would we say, best we would say, would we say Jacob's a believer? Yeah. Do you think Rachel's a believer? I, I, I think she is. Okay. Right? I mean, yeah. so what, what does she want these idols for? Well, why would she want them? Well, number one, to get her father back. Are they valuable to him? Yeah, so she's going to take them. Or what about that she just thinks, I, need, I might need some money down the road. Right? Huh? And it could even, huh? Aren't they made of gold? I don't, well, I don't know what they're made of. And then the claim to inheritance, because maybe who has these idols has a claim to inheritance. So let's see what's going to happen. So they take off, and they don't tell him that they're going, right? Wow. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose and crossed the phrase river, and he set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. They're on the way. Now, I think I got a map. Yeah, and it's hard to see. They've been way up here in Iran. This is where they came from. They're heading back down, and they're going as fast as they can go. But they can't go real fast because of how many kids they got. All these kids, and they got camels, and they got everything else. And the, the, the Gilead region is right in here, and we're going to find that Laban catches them right in there. Okay? Because he can come after them. And let's, this is the part where there's going to be a lot of fussing. <laughs> Verse 21, so he fled that all that he had and, and all of this. So Jacob is gone and Laban finds out. When Laban had gone to shear his, shock, she shear the, uh, uh, his flock, Ra Rachel stole the household gods. Now look down at verse 22. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him a distance of seven days' journey and overtook him in the hill country of Gilead. So he took out. They'd been gone, th they'd been gone three days when he got back and he said, where'd they go? They said, they just left. How long have they been gone? Three days. He said, we can travel faster than they can. They got up and it took them seven days to catch them and they're back toward the hill country of Gilead. So listen, what do you think? You're, you're Jacob and you look up and you see some dust coming, and you say, somebody's coming after us, and you've got to know who it is, right? And what is he going to do? What do you think is going to happen? Wow. So uh, here he goes. Jacob is running, and Laban finds out, and so we get what I call the warning. Now, if you're, if you're Laban, what do you want to do? What do you want to do if you're Laban? Get him. Get him what? They probably want to kill Jacob. You probably want to kill Jacob, take your daughters back. <laughs> 
You don't care. Marry them to somebody else. Maybe you got these boys. They better to be a whole bunch of good hands to help, help out as time grows by. So look what happens. Verse 25. Oh, no. Let's go back to verse 22. They fled. But watch verse 24. God came to Laban, their men, in a dream of the night and said to him, Be careful. Be careful that you do not speak to Jacob either good or bad. You know what God warned him. Now, the warning is the good or bad means you better leave him alone and don't try to stop him. Now, if you're, if you're Laban and you're going after him and God appears to you in a dream and says, leave him alone, what are you going to do? You're going to leave him alone. But you're mad and you're still going to catch him and you're still going to tell him what happened. And neither, as the verse says, neither, neither good nor bad. So look at verse 31 and look at uh, verse 25. He said, Then Laban caught up with Jacob, and Jacob pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban caught him, basically. And Laban said to him, What have you done by deceiving me and carrying away my daughters like captives? Why did you do this? Why did you flee secretly and deceive me? You didn't even tell me that I might have sent you away with joy and songs and timbrel and letters. He said, We'd have had a party. If you really wanted to leave, why didn't you tell me? You can see him getting mad. If you really wanted to leave, why didn't you tell me? We would have had a party for you. And his two accusations. You took my children. We don't see it yet, but he's going to see it. You took my children and you took my what? My gods. Because I looked and my gods are gone. And you stole them. Now, if you're Jacob, what do you say? I didn't get any gods. I don't know anything about it. Guess what? Did Rachel tell Jacob that she stole those gods? No, no she didn't. See, we know something that most people in this chapter don't know. Rachel knows she's got them. Jacob doesn't know she's got them. And, J uh, and, and Laban, he thinks, she's got, he thinks Jacob's got them. So here's what happened. Look what he says. You, why did you do this? We would have had a party. You didn't even allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. You have done foolishly. And so, and he's right. He's right. Because he, he's saying, you, if you'd have just talked to me, what have you done? And he goes on and says in verse 27, You took my children, and, and, you, you, you know, and why didn't you just tell me we had a party? You didn't even let me kiss my family. And then he says something that's amazing. It is in my power, verse 29, to do you harm. He said, I could kill you. But the God of your father, notice he didn't say my God. He said, the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful not to speak either good or bad to Jacob. He says, I was going to really get you. And the only thing that's saving you right now is your father's God, which is their God, told me to leave you alone. He said, I can stop you and do whatever I want, but I can't because your father, the God of your father Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, he told me that he said he was going to protect Protection, I has protection from God. Now look at verse 30. And now you've indeed gone away because you long for your father's house, but why did you steal my gods? Can you imagine how silly it is? I've told this story before, and we don't have a lot of time, but I just have to tell it. Have you ever known anybody that's had gods? You may have. I, 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 you probably have. I went into, a, this is years and years ago. Gene and I, I don't even think we had kids. We might have had, had Catherine. And we were looking at somebody's house. We were thinking about moving to a different house. And these people had their house for sale. And they were not from the United States. They were from another part of the, the world. And uh, they were showing us around their house. And they had a little boy. He's about this tall. And he started pulling on my pants. He said, hello, hello. hello. I said, hello. He said, you want to see my gods? I didn't understand what he said. I said, what? He said, you want to see my gods? I said, yeah, what are you talking about? So he took me into the room, and there was something that looked like a dollhouse. Like it had a, had a big top like this and came down and had two doors right there. And he opened it up, and there was a little idol in there. And he said, those are my gods. This is a five- or six-year-old boy. I went, oh, thank you. Thank you for showing me. I did. What else was I going to say? I don't know. And, and so there are people who think these things are gods. And even in this part of the world now, uh, I mean, in, in the world today, there's that sort of thing. And so why did you steal my gods? And then he gives the answer. Uh, uh, Jacob answered and says, uh, first, I was afraid. I was afraid. I thought, you would, I thought you would take my wives. Verse 31, Jacob replied to him, because I was afraid, for I thought you'd come and take your daughters from me by force. He said, these are, these are my wives. I thought you'd come get them. 
And then he says, and the one whom you find, and listen to what he says, I didn't get your gods. The one whom you find your gods shall not live. You know what he just said? If you find any gods around here, whoever's got them, they're going to die. What does he not know? What, what if, I mean, he's basically saying, Rachel's probably going, don't, don't say that, don't, don't, don't say that, don't, let's don't say that one. Because uh, he, he doesn't, yeah. So what is she going to do? What do you think Laban's going to do? He's going to start searching because he says, you got them. I know you got them. And Jacob says, I do not have them. And I'm going to tell you what, whoever's got them, you can kill them. You can kill them because I don't have them. We know we don't have them, right, Rachel? We don't have them. Rachel, we're going, okay, okay. And so she doesn't know what to do. And he doesn't know. He, did, he doesn't know Rachel stole them. He doesn't know. So he basically says, you left. There was no goodbye. He said, well, I was afraid. He said, you stole my gods. I didn't steal them. You can look for them. So look at verse 34. Well, let me go back. So Laban, verse 33, Laban went into Jacob's tent and to Leah's tent and to the tents of the two maids, but he didn't find them. Wow. He went to who? He went to Jacob's tent, Leah's tent, the two handmaids' tent. Who did he save for last? He thinks it's Rachel. Now Rachel had taken the household idols, put them in the camel's saddle that she and sat on them. And Laban felt through all the tent, but he didn't find them. You know, she's got this little a saddle. And she's got the idols up on the saddle, and she's sitting on top of the saddle in the middle of the tent, let's just say it that way. And he comes in and goes, all right, I'm looking around. And she says something because it was a custom. We know something that neither Jacob or Laban knows. She's got, it was custom for children to rise when their parents enter the room. What's she going to do if she stands up? He's going to look under that thing, and what is he going to find? So what does she do? She doesn't stand up. And look what she says. She said to her father, verse 35, Let not my Lord be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of woman is upon me. So he did not search, but, but he'd searched, but he did not find that. What did she say? I'm having, oh, I'm having my period. So I don't feel good enough to stand up. Father, you understand that the way of a woman is on me, and so I don't feel good enough to stand up. And he went, yeah, okay, okay, right? Yeah, okay. And he searched, but he didn't find it. So, so now who's going to be mad? Who's going to be mad now? Well, no, Laban, Laban's, Jacob's fixing to be mad because Jacob said, okay, so you came all the way down here, you chased me down, you did all of this, and what did you do? You got nothing out of this. And so watch what he does. Uh, in verse 38, it said, then, uh, verse, th then verse 36, Jacob came very angry, contended with Laban. And Jacob said to Laban, what's my transgression? What did I do wrong? What is my sin? Why have you come after me? You felt through all my goods. You found all these household goods, and you, you didn't find anything. And where, where, what's going on? 20 years I've been with you, and all your stuff. And all, you know, I took all the loss every time something happened. 20 years I served you. 14 years for the, you know, 6 years for the flock. So he's talking all the way through this thing. He is really, really mad. He said, you changed my wages 10 times. They probably did. And so, wow, it, it's, it, he's basically saying, if God had not been on my side, verse 42, if God had not been on my side, you would have taken everything I had. So he is really angry. So what do you think is going to happen now? What happens when one guy gets real angry? Well, other guy does what? Gets angry too, of course. Listen, you start fussing with somebody, you say, you, might, you better cut this out. No, you better cut this out. You better cut this out. Knock this off my shoulder. You know, right? Okay? So they're fussing bad. So watch what Laban does. And, and I mean, he, 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 he said, I've done all this. I've worked for you. And so 
then Laban is going to really get after it. And this is what I call the witness. Look at verse 43. Look at this. He says, Then Laban replied to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks are my flocks, and everything you see is mine. He's basically saying, This is none of yours. Those are my kids. Those are my daughters. Those are my children. Those are my flocks. Everything is really mine, and that's why I came after you. And then he says, But what can I do this day to these my daughters or their children? Why, why can't he do anything? Because God told him to leave him alone. And so he's really mad. And he's saying, these are my daughters. These are my children. These are my flocks. And so they decide they're going to make a covenant. They're going to make an agreement between these two. And look what he says. Come, let's make a covenant, verse 44. And between you and I, let it be a witness between you and me. Jacob took a stone and they set it up as a pillar. Jacob said to his kinsmen, gather the stones. So they took the stones and they made a big heap. They're making a marker. Now, if you think this is a good marker, it's not a good marker. It's a marker that says... From whenever you see that, you better remember what's happened here. And you've done me wrong. And he says, well, you've done me wrong. And so basically they're going to put this marker up there and basically say, you don't need to cross to the other side and you don't need to cross to the other side. They're basically saying, don't come into my stuff and I won't come into your stuff. I mean, they're mad. They're, this, is, this, is, <clears throat> this is not a good time at all. And they call this... This call, they call the place the heap of witness. If you notice, you read a little further down in verse 47, Laban called it, it's a long name, Jegar, Shahathu, Dibda, and Jacob called it Galid. And Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me. Therefore, they named it Galid. And Mizpah, and Mizpah was another name, for he said, may the Lord watch between you and me when we're absent from one another. He's not saying, like, may God look over us. He's saying, may God watch you and keep you from doing something bad. That's what he's saying there. This is not good at all. And then he comes up with some stipulations. And look what he says. No, 3150. So if you mistreat my daughters or if you take other wives uh, beside my daughters, although no man is with to see us, God is witness between you and me. He says, you better not mistreat my daughters and you better not take any more wives. Jacob probably said, I got enough wives. I got enough wives. I understand. So that's the stipulation. And... So they named that. And what did Jacob do? Laban said to Jacob, Behold, this is verse 51. Behold this heap and this pillar which I've set between you and me, and this is the witness, and this pillar is a witness that I will not pass by this heap to you for harm. You will not pass by me this heap for harm. He, they're basically saying, you got to stay away from each other. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of our fathers, judged between us. So Jacob swore. And then Jacob did what? What did he do? He offered a sacrifice. He's worshiping God. He offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his kinsmen to the meal. And they ate and spent the night. And, had a, you know, and then the next morning Laban got up, kissed his sons, his daughters, blessed them. And Laban departed and returned to his place. I don't think they ever saw each other again. That was it. That was it. <clears throat> Jacob worshipped God, and he left. So, Jacob was gone for 20 years, got two wives, two handmaids. He's got 11 kids, 12 if you count Dinah. He's got 11 sons and one daughter, and he just had a huge confrontation with his father-in-law, and it was a horrible time. So, let me ask you something. If, did, would you say that Jacob has a great life? It's a disaster. Listen, when you, when you grow up deceiving, you get deceived. And things have never gone really right for him. Now, let me just tell you something. Is there hope? What's his name? What's his name going to be called? Israel. There's going to be a change in this man, and it's coming up. Now, let me ask you this question. Who's waiting for Jacob when he gets back? Does that sound good or bad? Listen, so he goes from Laban, who's mad and they can't even see each other anymore, to going back to home to a brother that what? If he goes to Laban, what's going to happen to him? He's going to get killed. If he goes back home, so you could say that Jacob says, you know, this isn't that good a deal. So far, none of this is working out. But what did God say to him? I will always be what? With you. So let me give you some applications, and let's think about this real quickly. And the, the first one is just remember, your children are a gift from God. 
and he's the sovereign one and their gift. And so what do you have to do? You have to rest in his plan. Sometimes there are people who want children and they don't have them. And if you, if you talk to Rachel, she finally got one here, but she wanted, still wanted another one. But I guarantee you, for years she struggled. And it's the same for a lot of people. And so we just got to trust God. Got to look at our children as on loan for God. You know this. God gives us to them for a short time. We love them. We train them up. We hope they trust Christ. And they go on to be godly people. That's, that's what we wish. The second thing is that there are consequences when we violate the Bible. And Jacob's two wives are violating the Bible, the handmaids, the sexual relationships, the envy, the jealousy, the competition, the family, the problems. There are always consequences when you go contrary to Scripture. It's always that way. And no matter what it is, and you can say it's, not, it's just a little thing. It's not a little thing. It never works out right. So you've got you to gotta not go contrary to the Bible. The third thing is you got that one written down. I just, you don't have to write it. Just, just remember, consequences when you violate the Word. The third one is that God is the one who provides. What did, what did Jacob say? I don't want to take anything from you. God is the provider. He always is. And, and I tell you, you just got to be content. And we're going to see something happen. In the next couple of lessons, you're going to, when Jacob meets Esau, it is unbelievable what happens. What happens before he meets Esau, what happens when he meets Esau, and what happens after he meets Esau. We're going to see it in the next couple of lessons. You, you're going to be amazed at what God does. It is incredible. God is our protection. What if God had not appeared to Laban? What do you think might have happened? Laban would have probably killed Jacob. And if Jacob dies, what happens? There's no Messiah. I mean, you understand how delicate all this is? <laughs> is there one more or is that the last one? Is that the last one? Oh, oh yeah, okay, but I got two things right here. Number one, he's our protection. And just remember this, leave vengeance to God.